after the Olympics, I was so focused on what other people were thinking and what other people expected of me. And now I had these huge expectations for myself. I was like, oh, now that I'm an Olympic gold medalist, like I always have to win. Like that's what I do. That's what people like know me for. Um, and I think kind of just going back to that same mentality that I had before the Olympics, um, where I was like, I'm 17, I have nothing to lose. I can always have another chance to do it. Um, kind of going back to that and reversing it a little bit and saying like, I've already done it. I have nothing to prove. Um, and just allowing myself to swim freely again. This podcast is a Cannonball Media production. Welcome to Unfiltered Waters. I'm Missy Franklin. And I'm Katie Hoff. We're giving you genuine conversations to get to know the person beneath the athlete. Unfiltered. Katie and I have spent literal decades of our life in chlorinated water and get asked all the time what we use to keep our hair and skin healthy and strong. Ever since being introduced to TryHard, we know we will never go back to anything else. TryHard is the only sports company offering pre and post solutions to effectively prevent, protect, and treat your body from the adverse effects of sweat, pool, and ocean chemicals. Their formulas are powered by Plecotech, their proprietary patent-pending cleansing technology based on the optimal ratio of natural red algae, dead sea minerals, and botanical extracts. Our personal favorite products are their pre and post solutions, which literally get all of the chlorine smell out of your hair and leave it feeling so hydrated instead of super dry and brittle. So click the link in our show notes to learn more and get your try hard today. Cannonball Media is a full service podcast production company. They cover it all from building out a studio to launching your first episode. Unfiltered waters would not have been possible without them. We are so thankful for Cannonball Media's support and a special shout out to our producer, Evan. Without this amazing support, knowledge, and experience, truly, as Katie said, this podcast would not be possible. They have helped us from day one when we came to them with the idea. Evan flew out, got our studio together for us, taught us how to use all the equipment, which was no small task. <laughs> and Cannonball has truly been there for us every single step of the way. And they allow us to put our best foot forward in video quality, editing, and podcast production. Yes. And are you interested in starting your own podcast? It's so fun. We highly recommend it. <laughs> Please visit cannonballmedia.co to learn more. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> incredibly important thank you so much for sharing that with us and it's so interesting in the talks that we've had there's this theme that's emerging of we talk about some of the most disappointing moments in that athlete's career and the like resounding theme has been I'm so grateful it happened yes yeah, which is so, yes, which is just so powerful, I think, especially for people to hear that obviously when you're going through it, it's really hard to feel grateful yes. then in that moment. But looking back and having that perspective, when you were kind of in that low, when you were trying to find joy again, what were some of the things that you did and are still continuing to do to find that joy and bring that back into your relationship with swimming? Welcome to Unfiltered Waters. We are so pumped to have you, Lydia. Thank you for taking the time. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. <laughs> it's so good to see you, hon. How are you? How is training going? Give us a little snippet of what life looks like for you right now. Well, training definitely kicked my butt today, but um, <laughs> in general, it's been going great. Um, yeah, I'm down in Texas training in Austin. Um, so it's definitely been a big change to where I was before the Olympics, but uh, it's been great. Good change. Good. It's awesome. I know. I feel like Monday is always, no matter what, is just a punch in the face because do you guys have doubles on Monday? We do. Yeah. This morning was mostly just a loosen, but today was definitely a kickback in. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that was a little getcha. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm like, that's, I, I miss so many things about swimming, but Monday afternoon 
punch you in the face workouts. I don't know. We don't miss those. I don't miss that part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have the ones where you go into the locker room and you just like stare at yourself in the mirror for a minute. You're like, okay, I'll go back out now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe just like a few extra seconds here. <laughs> Well, Lydia, we wanted to start, we always like to start with something um, really impactful in our guest life. So I would love to to journey back to Tokyo. I mean, you shocked the world, I think probably shocked yourself a little bit uh, with winning gold. And I just would love to hear about that experience, hear the emotions, and just when you think back on that, what you feel. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things where the longer away, the farther away I get from it, um, the more it seems to mean to me and the more kind of aspects of it kind of work their way into my life and the lives of others. Um, I know it's been such a special thing, obviously, for me, but also for my community up in Alaska. Um, And now I feel like... um, I don't know. I spoke at a school the other day and like all the kids were so excited to see the medals and it's just special to be able to share that with so many people. That's so amazing. And I love how the time away has given you that perspective, right? Of in that moment, it's such an unbelievable success for you, but that's exactly how I felt as well. Like the further away from it you get, you realize that the true power in it is getting to share it with other people. And we know that you care so deeply for your Alaskan community, first Alaskan ever to qualify for the Olympics in swimming, which is unbelievable. And I love this. Is it true that you guys had tickets to go to Tokyo before you actually qualified to compete there? When the Olympics were supposed to happen in 2020, I was only 16 and I wasn't really expecting to make the team. Um, So my parents thought it'd be cool if we could go to Tokyo, see a new country, watch my, like, watch my teammates compete. Um, And so we weren't really expecting that extra year and no one was. Um, So yeah, it's definitely funny to think about that there were some tickets that were going to be in the stands for me. I love that so much. Yeah, I guess it it turned out to be pretty fun. (laughs) I I also, while we're talking about Alaska too, one of the things that you've mentioned um, in the past, which I love is just that, you know, being in Alaska, obviously not what you think of when you think of a swimming state, which was kind of similar to me growing up in Colorado. And, you know, you didn't have necessarily the same resources that a lot of other athletes had. And I love what you've said about making the most of what you have. And I think that that's super powerful for people to hear that, you know, you you don't need the best facilities. You don't need top tier, you know, this, that, and the other. You just need your work ethic and your goals. So maybe elaborate on that a little bit more about how you were able to do that, make the most out of what you had. Yeah, I think that it's been funny coming to Texas and all of a sudden having like all the trainers and the medical staff, the 50 meter pool, the other 50 meter pool, (laughs) um, the 25 meter pool, um, all this stuff. Um, And as amazing as it is, I think that it is valuable almost to break it down and just kind of have like the bare minimum in facilities um, and everything else. It just kind of reminds you that like you're the one doing it and kind of gaining that confidence back in yourself rather than all the things and all the little factors that are adding to your success. Um, so I think it does kind of bring it back to yourself and the people that are around you, which is such a huge part of my success leading into Tokyo, um, like by coaches and community and everything. Yeah. That's so awesome. There was a time where we were literally training at a lifetime fitness for our morning workouts. And there was like 20 of us in two lanes at the Lifetime Fitness because they had to leave the other two open. So there would be like a single master somewhere in each lane and like 12 of us. And Butterfly, like Todd couldn't get mad at us doing one arm because we literally didn't have enough room to use both arms. But I look back and like those are the things that I'm like, wow, you know, like it's almost kind of the grittiness of it. Like we did make the most of that and it it made some of the best Mm -hmm. memories from training. Yeah, I actually use you as an example a lot because we work, uh, my husband and I work with, with swim teams now and 
you know, kids have these, have such nice facilities nowadays. And I'm just like, you know, Lydia Jacobia made an Olympic team and won an Olympic gold medal. And sometimes mm-hmm. she didn't even have pool space. Like, I, I think that's such a, um, it's a prime example. It's that, that grittiness. I mean, I remember, yeah, the year before I made the team in 04, there were scuba divers that had to get the other two lanes. And so we got kicked out because the scuba divers had to test their gear out. And we're like, oh, all right, well, we don't need to. We don't need the whole. Yeah, pool. We'll it's fine. It's fine. Um, but I, I yeah, feel, we've been there. Yeah, and I feel like that's. I mean, it's something I would love to hear. Going back to the fact that you know a year out you had tickets to go be a spectator, and then you're in the pool a year later. I was the same way. I had Jenny Thompson's mm-hmm. poster on my wall the year before 04, and then suddenly she's my team captain. And so I'd love to hear kind of how you manage that mindset shift, right? You have to be able to picture yourself with your idols, essentially, to make that shift to then make mm-hmm. the team. When did you feel like that happened for you in that in that year lead up? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think um, leading into the Olympics, after I kind of realized that I did have a chance at making it, I was so hyper-focused on making it or not making it um, that when I did make the team, it took me, like, a few hours to be like, oh, shoot, like, now I have to go to training camp and race with these people. Um, Like, I was so hyper-focused on making it that then I was all of a sudden like, oh, my God, like, I'm 17 from Alaska and I'm going to be, like, at this two-week training camp with, like, gold medalists, record holders, like, all these people that, like you said, I've had posters on my wall of when I was a kid. Um, so it's definitely a crazy transition. <laughs> and a big transition, too. <laughs> what was the biggest change for you coming home from Tokyo? Um, I think just the, the kind of local fame, I guess. Um... Swimming is definitely one of those unique sports where, um, like, big eyes are only on it once every four years. Um, But coming back from the Olympics, like, all eyes were on it, and a lot of people knew me, like, in the airport. And then, like, when I got home, everyone in Seward knew me. Um, It was still kind of peak tourist season, so everybody had pictures of me in their um, windows, so, like, everybody could recognize me. So I just kind of hunkered down low. I went on hikes with my friends. Um, kind of avoided town for a little bit when I first came back. <laughs> Let it settle the the Lydia yeah. craze. <laughs> <laughs> we were we were actually talking about before we came on. It's just like you know, you were we were all of us were teenagers, right? I think there's zero mm-hmm. playbook or preparation for that instant. Just you're shoved into the spotlight, and suddenly everyone else is just all hyped up, and like you're like, wait, I. You're, I'm just trying to make an Olympic team. I'm just focused on swimming fast. You don't ask for that, right? How did you, mm-hmm. other than going on hikes, how did you manage those expectations that suddenly, like now you're an Olympic gold medalist and it, it happened within a month, right? Like how did you then adjust to that when you got back? Yeah, like you said, it's like eating spicy food where people can tell you like it's gonna burn like your mouth's gonna feel like this but you don't actually know what that feels like until you have something in your mouth um I feel like it's kind of a similar thing um where you really do have to experience it but yeah I mean especially coming out of COVID for me like just not being around very many people um and then all of a sudden like being in this huge spotlight and always kind of being surrounded was pretty wild um but yeah it is it is always fun to talk to people who did that as a teenager because like there aren't very many of us so yeah um definitely look up to you guys no that's Aww. so sweet and it's you you've handled it so beautifully yeah like I think we we both know the the challenges that that brings with it and of course not everyone always gets to see that side of it and not only did you handle that well but I feel like you have just been so brave and outspoken and vulnerable about the things that you've been dealing with over the past several years and it's something that Katie and I are so grateful for and we know so many of the people listening are so grateful for we'll talk about that a little bit so after being an Olympic gold medalist you're at the top of the top the highest of highs coming back and then not making the world's team the following year. I know that Mm -hmm. that must have been such 
a disappointing experience for you. And I also know this was crazy that you only took a week off after Tokyo. So I'm sure by the time Worlds <laughs> came around, you were probably just, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but exhausted. I mean, I can't even imagine. So walk us through kind of what happened at Worlds that summer and really where you went from there. You know, how did you handle mm -hmm. that disappointment? What were the things that you really focused on as you looked forward to what you had in store for your future? Yeah, um, I definitely was running on empty by the time I got to um, Worlds Trials, both like physically and mentally. Um, I was just coming off such a high from the Olympics. I was excited to get back in the water. I was excited to like do it again. Like, I don't want do time off. I just want to do it all over. Exactly. <laughs> it's, fun. it's fun. It's <laughs> fun. <laughs> um so yeah like kind of continuing that training it was all great for like a month or so and then I just got like so burnt out everybody else was kind of starting to get back in the pool at that point I was like well shoot I've been in the pool like is it too late to take a break <laughs> um, <laughs> um but yeah I was just kind of going through the motions of practice and I was telling myself like oh I'm training just like I always do um and I was I was showing up I was like physically there but I wasn't putting anything into it more than just completing each of the practices um I was also just being pulled so many directions by um like sponsors people wanting me to do this people wanting me to do that and I feel like looking back on it I gave so much of myself away in that year um, that there wasn't like enough of myself left for me to do the things that I needed to do. Um, I feel like worlds missing that worlds team as um, like gut wrenching as it was in that moment. I'm honestly grateful for that because I feel like that kind of forced me to address some issues that had been going on um, and make some changes. And I don't necessarily feel like I would be in as good of a place as I am right now um, if that hadn't happened. Mm -hmm. Do you mind sharing some of those issues that kind of popped up and you were working through? Yeah, I, um, I mean, I'm sure you guys know, like going through the Olympic process, you hear people talking about like post-Olympic depression, like post-Olympic yeah. blues, all these things, especially um, this past year or this past cycle um, with Simone Biles and some other um, pretty prominent athletes coming forward about um, issues with mental health. Yeah. Um, that was such a big topic, but for me, it was like never having tasted spicy food before. Mm, like, yeah. I could hear people talk about it, and I heard them describing these things, but really that didn't resonate with me just because I'd never experienced it. I didn't, I didn't have a grasp on what that really felt like. Um, and then after the Olympics... I started, there were days when I couldn't get out of bed. Um, I mean, I was just training so different from how I ever had before. Like, I just completely was not in it. Um, and I started to blame all the negative things that I was feeling, all the negative things that I was having in my life on swimming. Um, because I felt as though swimming was the root of a lot of my problems. Because it was taking up so much of my time. Um, stopping me from being like a kid with all my friends um, and so I just started to really resent the sport um, and build up this kind of hatred toward it honestly so it's just been kind of a um, a curve of like learning to get back that love for the sport and kind of um, coming at it from a place of love rather than a, um, a job or or something like that because once you hit those high levels of success it's so easy to um get caught up in like the monetization yeah I don't even know if that's a word actually monetization um and I mean other people are profiting off of you like you want to share yourself with other people and it's just important to Keep some of yourself for yourself. Yeah. Incredibly important. That Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And it's so interesting. In the talks that we've had, 
there's this theme that's emerging of we talk about some of the most disappointing moments in that athlete's Mm -hmm. career and the like resounding theme has been I'm so grateful it happened yes yes I have chills like all over my body right now yeah yeah which is just so powerful I think especially for people to hear that obviously when you're going through it it's really hard to feel grateful then in that moment but looking back and having that perspective when you were kind of in that low, when you were trying to find joy again, what mm-hmm. were some of the things that you did and are still continuing to do to find that joy and bring that back into your relationship with swimming? Yeah, I think, I mean, there's so many things. And honestly, I haven't really thought about this like in so many words as you just put it, I guess. But, um, I mean, spending time with friend and family is so important. Um, I think that it's interesting. I was working with my therapist a little bit before Olympic trials, before the Olympics, and we went over, um, like, pillars and values, um, like, core values. And um, I don't think friends and family was in it. Um, which like, I feel so shallow saying that now. Um, and I didn't even mean it from a place where it wasn't important, but I think I'd always had that core base of people always around me. I didn't even realize how lucky I was to have that. Mm. Um, and then since the Olympics being pulled so many directions and just having so much more of my time being taken up, um, I've started prioritizing that time with friends and family a lot more and kind of taking that for granted a lot less. Um, because you know, like if you have something, you don't even realize you have it. Yeah. It's, I, it's so, I mean, yeah, it's so easy to, I feel like, especially leading up to an Olympics, you become so laser focused. I think the thing in there that I would love to hear more on is I think people think that someone who has worked through something and, you know, found joy again, that it's, that it just happens, Mm -hmm. that it's easy, right? You just said, Mm -hmm. I worked with my therapist. I, you know, I talked through Mm -hmm. it. I had to, you know, find almost like pick your head up, right? I think within swimming, within any sport, you get so laser focused, you put your head down. This is something you do a really good job of, of picking your head up and being like, wow, like I'm so grateful for the people around (laughs) me. Like I was, I had my head down. Uh Um, But I want to hear more about how you were connected with the therapist uh, was it your first therapist? Did you have to work more? Just, just tell us because I think it would, I think more people need to hear that because it's not easy. It's a full-time job mm-hmm. being able to have gratitude and have perspective. And I think more people need to know that you can do it. Yeah, totally. Um, so it was my first therapist. I started shortly before Olympic trials, um, during COVID, I just felt like it would be a good thing to do. I said I was doing it preventatively. (laughs) And in my head, I thought I was, but unconsciously definitely was not preventative. I think that it's just so valuable to have somebody outside your everyday life without those, like, biases and um, opinions and everything on, like, the people that you know and the things that you've seen, you know. Um, So that's been huge. I also feel like perspective is a big piece of like my growth through mental health journey and everything. Um, I think kind of that year missing the world's team, I realized that I was focusing on outside pressures so much um, and not really going back to like my roots and what made me good and what made me happy in the first place. Um, After the Olympics, I was so focused on what other people were thinking and what other people expected of me. And now I had these huge expectations for myself. I was like, oh, now that I'm an Olympic gold medalist, like, I always have to win. Like, that's what I do. That's what people, like, know me for. Um, And I think kind of just going back to that same mentality that I had before the Olympics, um, where I was like, I'm 17. I have nothing to lose. I can always have another chance to do it. Um, Kind of going back to that and reversing it a little bit and saying, like, I've already done it. I have nothing to prove. Um, And just allowing myself to swim freely again. Um, And I feel like that same thing kind of applies to a lot of my areas of my life. Um, 
so just kind of switching the way that I've been looking at things and obviously it's not always a like I was unhappy and now I'm happy Mm -hmm. um it's definitely always a ebb and flow and something that I'm always working on um it's also interesting like as conversations about mental health continue to kind of come up in society I think people have this idea that they should be happy all the time and if they're not there's like something wrong with them yes um and I mean the reality is that you're not always going to be happy like that's just not going to happen you have days where you're not you have days where you're like over the moon um and that's just like part of being human so that's also something that I've been like realizing is that there's not just going to be this eventual state where I'm like always ecstatic it's always like a journey and just being like you said grateful for where I am and the people around me I love that the journey aspect is so important and it's so it's so good for all of us to be reminded of that and we we've talked about it before about how healing isn't linear it's not just like you said you go through a hard time you work through it you figure it out and then you never go through a hard time again. It's like that's not, not how life works. Yeah. But every time you do go through something challenging, something that is really hard, you gain tools. You gain thoughts and insight on yourself mm-hmm. and what works for you. And you come out stronger and more in tune with who you are and what you need so that when those times come again, because they will come again, you just become more and more equipped to handle them each time. And I think that that makes a big difference. And that was something that always helped me like going through the hard time was having that perspective of, I may not understand why I'm going through this right now. I may not understand what I'm going to get out of it, but I just trust that there's going to be something that you will. And I actually, Lydia, I love what you said about, I think there's a release, at least for me in this, not feeling like you have to be like, if if I'm having a sad day or a down day, that doesn't mean that Mm -hmm. I haven't gone through the healing or made progress. And I always feel like when people have that feeling, like there's so much guilt associated with it. Like, oh my gosh, like, well, I just, Mm -hmm. I backslid or I regress. And then you're like, no, the fact that I'm even, you're even acknowledging that that is, you know, that is a fact is a progression, you know? And I think people do that and then they throw up their hands and they give up and they say, oh, the therapist isn't working or this is this this isn't working anymore and they stop. Mm-hmm. But I think the important thing is to just to keep going no matter what, even if you are having a down day or week or month and just voicing it. Like we do it to each other all the time. We're like, we're having a down day. I'm off today, you know? Just so you know. <laughs> just FYI yeah. to everyone who crossed my path today. <laughs> How is that relationship with your teammates? Talk to us a little bit about being at Texas and what that, that whole experience is like for you because it, it seems like a really special environment. And I know Carol and Mitch well, and I just couldn't love either one mm-hmm. of them anymore. And you have amazing teammates that are there with you training in Austin. So you've talked about family and friends and community and how those have become a pillar for you how how are your relationships with your teammates and how do they help you on those those harder days? We are so excited and honored to be sponsored by Little Words Project, a company whose founder and purpose means so much to us and to others. Little Words Project is a company with handcrafted bracelets with custom words or sayings that serve as wearable affirmations of our worth and everything we are capable of achieving. Each of their products have different inspirational words on them, and the idea is to wear your word for as long as you need it and then pass it on to someone who needs it more one day. The best part is they each have a unique code on their gold tag that can be used to connect your bracelet to their website where you can track where it goes as it travels from wrist to wrist. I have a day-by-day bracelet that I gave to Missy, and it's a huge mantra for us as we started this podcast to take it day-by-day as we keep rolling forward. I have never taken it off. (laughs) It serves as such an incredible reminder to truly take it day-by-day and to be proud of everything we've achieved up to this point and hope to continue to do so moving forward. So what are you waiting for? These make the best gift for yourself or for others. They're available online at littlewordsproject.com or in one of their 12 brick-and-mortar stores across the nation and in over 900 Target locations as well. Happy shopping. Sleep is the foundation to performance and longevity. It is either enhancing your performance or holding you back from your highest potential. Dream Recovery is committed to just that, helping people sleep as well as possible so they can conquer the day. Dream Recovery believes in the power of evidence-based solutions to optimize sleep and recovery. 
Yes, and everyone deserves to feel their best, and that starts with a great night's sleep. So many of our own Unfiltered Waters guests use Dream Recovery's sleep mask and mouth tape, including Carson Foster and Michael Andrew, and they swear by how much it has helped their sleep and performance in the pool. Visit dreamrecovery.io to have your best sleep ever. Use code UNFILTERED for 30% off your entire order and 50% off your first month of Dream Tape. Sweet dreams. Yeah, they're great. I mean, there's about 30 girls on our team, a little less um, at the moment. And we, yeah, it's a great group. I mean, you have some Olympians, um, aspiring Olympians, like just so many people with huge goals. It's just a really great, an uplifting group to be around um, in and out of the pool, you know. Um, That's the cool thing about being a student athlete as well as that, like all these people have so many other things going on in their lives, um, which is exciting. Um, and yeah, Mitch and Curl are great and super supportive. I think I've always kind of battled with wanting to be super independent and realizing now that it's okay to like, let people help you. Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, it's definitely been a journey of like opening up. So, um, Texas has been a huge part of that. That's, That's amazing. amazing. <laughs> hey, Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> We've already been doing this too spend, long. <laughs> spending too much time together. That was like perfectly timed. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite thing about living in Austin? Austin's super fun. It's awesome. Um, that was definitely one of my one of my big factors when I was looking at colleges and places to train is that I wanted to go somewhere that wasn't just like a college town. Um, So I love that Austin has so much going on, like food, music, art. Um, Yeah, just so many fun things. What's your go-to for music? For music, honestly? Oh, like in Austin or like just to listen to? Both. Both? Okay. Honestly, in Austin, I have only really like gotten like the bigger concert venues on my radar but I always grew up going to like smaller concerts or like little music festivals and stuff so I definitely want to try to get some of the smaller venues like on my radar it's it's a little hard in Austin because so many of the smaller venues are like bars and I'm not 21 (laughs) and I can't get in (laughs) that just made me feel like a grandma (laughs) you're not 21 yet (laughs) No, I'm turning 20 this year. Oh, so <laughs> exciting. Well, tell us a little bit more. I mean, we know the answer to this, yeah. but you are also an unbelievable musician. And I know that music is a huge part of your life. So maybe take us back to the beginning and how you got into music. If I'm correct, tell me if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. you do guitar, bass, and piano, and you sing? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I do. I I can't um, do a single one of those. Whole, you're the whole band in one person. <laughs> I know. I need to learn to like mix mix it now. <laughs> I um, my dad played flamenco guitar growing up, so I um grew up playing guitar from a really young age. And then when my friends and I were younger, there was a group of um like kind of college age people that would come to Seward, um, for a week every summer and teach bluegrass camp for kids. Um, so we all did that, learned a bunch of different instruments, different songs. Um, it was always really fun. And so our parents got like a little group of us together and we started playing, um, just like every Sunday or something for a couple hours. Um, and then we started signing up for like folk festivals around the state. Um, and yeah, it just kind of went from there. We were together for about six years until like sports and college and everything started pulling people different directions. Um, and I kind of stopped playing a bit during COVID and everything. But um, yeah, I'm trying to get back into it. I just bought a keyboard, actually. It's over there. Oh my gosh. And I have my guitar back in the corner. I don't know if you can see it. That's amazing. You have to come to Nashville. That's that's I my goal for you is you get into a festival and you play and then come to Nashville and we can watch you play. Done. That'd be so fun. I know. <laughs> I, I don't I know actually, how I've never been to Nashville before. Oh well as soon as you were talking about like different like smaller venues, I feel like that's what Nashville's known for. Like all the all the stars start at like a small venue and work their way up. Um but I actually knew that 
I started to know that you played every single instrument under the sun. Did you, Greg Troy? <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, like I saw her in concert. I was like, what? Did, like, did you know that he had gone and seen you? Did he tell you? No. What? <laughs> okay, well, yeah, he was like casually. Uh, I was like, yeah, like yeah, she's ridiculous. Like she, he said it as he thinks that you're more talented in music than you are a hundred breaststroker. I was like, okay, well, well, then, she should, well then she should be like with Taylor Swift or something. That's insane. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I didn't, I didn't know he'd been to one of my concerts. I knew that he was really into like my music after the Olympics. I knew there was a <laughs> video on YouTube that went viral of my band. Um, and he somehow pulled it up like in the village and was showing like all the coaches and like everyone this video amazing okay and tell everyone the name of your band so that everyone can now go on youtube and also become groupies yes (laughs) um we were called snow river string band um but i have our last concert i think i was 15 or 16 so it's been a while sharing your comeback so no judgment (laughs) (laughs) Did you know that, like, have you been following Elizabeth Beisel's Laden Valley? Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, I feel like you should just team up with her and have an, a, a little Olympic Olympic band. Oh my gosh, Beisel and Lydia on stage together. I would melt. I would melt. I would pay any amount of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have a whole a whole little band going. Doesn't Ledecky plays piano? Yep. Eva Fabian can get drums. up there. Yeah. Yeah. That is so interesting that so many swimmers, like, did you feel like, and I know nothing about this, but like from a brain perspective, like it helped you, it was more of an escape. Like, how do you feel like it helps you with swimming? I mean, growing up, I feel like I was very like diverse in my interests. I did a lot of like art, I did photography. Um, I did a lot of different sports, played in the band, I swam, um, And swimming was always kind of in the forefront for sports um, from the time I was 12 or so. But, like, I always kept a lot of different interests. Um, So swimming wasn't always, like, necessarily the number one thing for me. But I do feel like it's always helpful to stay focused on a lot of things. Because Mm -hmm. for me, I mean, it's always helpful to, like, really dig in once in a while and, like, really get into your swimming. Um... But I feel like if you can be really present during training, very aware of, like, your lifestyle, your sleep, your um, nutrition, like, as long as you're doing all of those things, I think it's really healthy to kind of remove your headspace from swimming. Um, Because, I mean, I've tried both. I've obviously done the doing everything thing, and I love that. Um, And then kind of the year after the Olympics, I... I graduated a semester early, so that last semester I was, like, just swimming, um, Mm -hmm. and that was kind of the lowest point of my life. Um, So I do think that's super important to have interests outside the sport, and obviously I'm not going to be swimming forever. I'm not going to be, like, 80 years old in the Olympics. (laughs) You never know. You never know. (laughs) But (laughs) I actually think that's such an amazing message. So I feel like I get – you probably do too. You get asked that all the time where parents are, like – okay, at what point do you specialize? At what point do you just go all in? And their kid is like eight. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I like, know. I like, want to give the little kid a hug. But I like even at, you know, at our age, even at your age, because I'm 14 years older than you, um, you know, there is, mm-hmm. I think there is that importance in having that balance and having something at, like you're in the pool, but there's so many other things going on. Um, I mean, that's why I signed up for hip hop dance classes. If no one knew. Oh, my before. gosh, that's so fun. <laughs> Did I also see that Todd did hip hop? Yeah, dance Todd. Did, at some my point? husband Todd did hip hop. Yeah, so we're hip hop family. Not good at it all, but we need videos. I, there, um, there was video for a while. Uh, she knows this, but I think they took it down. I like got asked, like, what what else do you like to do? I was like hip hop, and they're like, oh, show us some moves, and I was like, okay, and I like showed them how to like. I actually use the words engage your core to help them with their dance moves. So. That gives you any idea of. <laughs> the type of dancer I was doing. Side note. But 
I just think it's so important for parents to hear from Olympians, professional Mm -hmm. athletes. Like it doesn't mean that you're, and I I thought this for a while, it doesn't mean that you're less intense or less motivated or less focused in in your craft. Mm -hmm. It just means that this is helping you become a well-rounded person, right? It's the same as anything. Like you can talk about it as a mom, like having these other things going on, make you the best version possible of yourself. So I love hearing that. I know viewers will love hearing that, especially parents will love hearing that, that to explore, right? It's so important. Mm-hmm. And there's so many other yeah, things I that you're interested in too. Also, oh like you're super into fashion as well, which follow. I am mm-hmm. obsessed with following you yeah. because I'm like every time you post something, <laughs> I'm like, you. oh my gosh. Okay, where can I get this? <laughs> but I mean, fashion. Music, I know I got LTK, and I need to start updating. Um, yes, you do. I will be your number one follower. <laughs> but I think you're setting such a good example of that. And it's so wonderful to hear you speak about the positive impact that that's had, not only on your success and your career, but most importantly on just you and your health and who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. That's that's definitely one of the things that attracted me to Texas. Like with recruiting, it's so easy to start to feel like a number. Um mm-hmm. And all these coaches want you for your stats and stuff. So I think with Texas, I didn't even talk about swimming, I don't think, for the first, like, five phone calls I had oh, with them. Wow. Um, which is just important to have, like, all those people around you helping you grow as a person, not just an athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the end of the day, like, that's a huge part of your journey, but it is it is a step in your journey. It's not the journey, you know? Mm. I mean, can we get that on a on yeah. a poster? Seriously, <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty powerful. And I saw that you were just at Glamour Woman of the Year Awards. How was that I night? Was. It was amazing. I knew that it would be really cool and really inspiring, but it was like absolutely incredible to be in a room that probably had like three men in it (laughs) Um, and all these just insanely accomplished women in so many different fields. Like you had people in acting, athletics, fashion, politics, like all these different fields, Um, just like the top people in the world. Um, Yeah, it was really incredible. Made me want to like write a book or Love Come that. out with a brand or something. Hey, world is your oyster. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious, who who was the person that made the most impact on you that you met? Yeah, it was really interesting. I mean, there were so many people there. It was a little hard to, like, meet people mm. um, just because it was a, like, awards thing. So we were all kind of, like, sitting and watching. Um, but, yeah, it was neat. Hillary Clinton was there. Millie Bobby Brown, um, Gina Rosero, um, Brooke Shields. Yeah, so many amazing people. So it was really an inspiring crowd. Oh, including yourself. And so cool to (laughs) be a part of. Yeah, it was funny, like, having all these people that I've, like, grown up knowing. And, like, they've just kind of been, like, this, like, person on a screen. Like, not really ever real. a person and to have <laughs> you're like you're in come up to you in real life and be like oh congratulations and I'm like me me that's, that's you <laughs> no, congrats to you <laughs> yeah oh you've earned that honey you've worked so hard and it these events Thank are just you. they're they're such good reminders of that and it's so special to you know look around and be inspired by the strong, mm-hmm. incredible, capable women around you, but also at the same time know that you're doing exactly the same thing that they are. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty special. Well, we have three questions that we ask every guest. Um, and the first one yeah. is one of my favorites. So what is a memory or a moment in your lifetime that has given you joy outside of the pool? outside of swimming gosh I mean there's so many um going back to Alaska I think um I spent a lot of time growing up on my sailboat with my family mm-hmm. uh, my parents are both boat captains so when my mom um told my dad she was pregnant with me he was like shoot I have to buy my boat right now or I'll never get it <laughs> so me and the boat came at the same time um so I grew up on the boat um 
and we had when we would go out sometimes it's a sailboat so it has like the mast on the top um and we would attach a line from the top of the mast and then we would go up to the bowsprit um and hold on to the line and jump out um so you would like fly over the water and then you have to let go before you hit the side of the boat we call it the splat one (laughs) That sounds like amazing and stressful at the same time. <laughs> amazing and terrifying. Yeah, and the water is icy cold, so you just, like, drop in. But it's so fun. Oh, that's amazing. That's that. such a special experience to share with your family, and I love it. <laughs> me and the boat came at the same time. <laughs> Wait, I have to pause, though. Can you tell me more of, what, like, what – I know nothing about boating or sailing. Like, a, what does a boat captain do? Drive the boat. Oh. <laughs> All right. Very simple. <laughs> Like more to it. No, no, definitely. I mean, they're in charge of the crew, um, so like making sure that everything's running smoothly and responsible for everyone on board, Um, and also just like the upkeep of the boat too. Like they're always making sure that everything's running the way that they want it, so that everything's smooth and they're all in the water. So they ran um, tour boats for a while um, in different. I mean, they work all over, but. yeah, the sailboat was like a family thing. Is that something you see yourself getting into one day? I mean, I grew up on the boat um, when I was little. I live, We lived on it like a few months on, a few months off. Um, so I spent a lot of time on it as a kid, a little less once I started getting more into swimming just with training and everything. Um, I definitely don't see myself living on the boat but I do love going out on it and you never know right it's there it's always <laughs> there and like I said mm-hmm. such special memories to have with your family and it's so special I think my parents were very big into sailing really yes yeah but I've oh, never yeah? I've never been on a sailboat and I would love to all right our second question come visit. is you can come anytime oh, perfect you can be my <laughs> boat captain <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I would trust I don't know like the line, although I could be convinced to do the, you just, I would have to, like I did with Real Life Starts, you'd have to say go or let go to jump in the water so I didn't slam into the side of the boat. But other than that. We'd make sure that wouldn't happen. Can't think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right, our second question is, what is it within the sport that brings you the greatest amount of joy? And that can be a moment or a memory as well. Within the sport, I would say I always love like traveling for meets um, and kind of getting on deck that first day when you're arriving and you're all jet lagged and all your friends are arriving from all over the world at the same time and you're seeing each other. Um, it's always just super fun. It's exciting. Um, yeah, everybody's just tired, getting ready for the meet, excited, <laughs> nervous. It's just a fun, fun atmosphere. It is. I actually, I love that because I, I, I forgot about that, but yeah, it is like, I feel like the energy in the air is like, if you could bottle it up. Palpable. Palpable. Like, it's just like excitement and nerves and like, yeah, that's, that's special. Love it. Yeah. It's one of those things you don't really like think about that much, but it's always a fun. Once you get there. What's, what's the meet or competition you've been to where you've like felt that energy the most intensely? Um, I would say, like, this summer at Worlds, probably, um, just because during the Olympics, I didn't know anyone yet, like, that was my first international competition, um, so I was there with my team, but I didn't really know anyone coming apart from that, but now, um, through, like, Arena and, um, other sponsors and just being at these meets, I, like, know so many other people, um, personally, so it's always fun to reconnect. And I think that um, even more so than Worlds or the Olympics or those big meets, I really love, like, World Cups Mm -hmm. and Mare Nostrum and little meets like that where everyone's there. It's a really fast meet, but everybody's just, like, completely guard down. Like, everyone's just having fun, getting a little racing in. Like, it's, it's not that serious. So that's always the place where you really get to know people, and I love it. Yeah. I know. I feel like I always like kind of told my coach like, all right, well, I am putting a 30, 45 minute block into this. Like I'm just going to visit. I don't have to get in the pool. Like I need to just be there extra early to socialize. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 
Oh, so fun. So our last and final question for you is if you had to pick a word that encompasses something that's motivating you, something that you're working on, just a word that is an essence of what Lydia is is trying to do with who she is and what she's doing in her life, what would that word be and why? I would have to say balance. Mm. I think that it just encompasses a lot of what I'm doing with my life and trying to do um, and always have done is just like keeping so many interests and everything. Um, Yeah, getting that balance between rest and training and then interest outside of the pool, interest in the pool. um, Always so important. It is. And it's important for every, like not even just athletes to hear that, but that, Mm -hmm. that, that idea of balance is just something that we all need to be encouraged to, to focus on and to hone in on. Cause as you've said so eloquently, you know, this entire conversation is you've been your happiest and therefore your best when you have that sense of balance in your life. And I think that's, that's a beautiful thing for all of us to, to be reminded of. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like I, I need, uh, uh, it plastered all over my <laughs> wallpaper. It's just balance, balance, balance. And I feel like also people, people that are high performers, I think it's almost like a fight because you almost think like, oh, I have to be like, I have to be intense. I have to go. And it's like you said, it's the opposite, like the opposite of your happiest. <laughs> you're the most joyous when you're, when you have all these other things that can make you happy and you realize there's multiple parts of you, there's multiple pieces. And I think that's just beautiful. And so. I'm going to have balance on a bracelet <laughs> made for me tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh. definitely one of those things that when I say it out loud, it sounds like I've got it all down, but like saying out loud <laughs> helps me to internalize Still working it on again. it. <laughs> We're all a work <laughs> yeah. in progress. Yes. Oh, Lydia, thank you definitely. so much for your time. We are so grateful. Thank you for your vulnerability and opening yes. up about mental health, for being such a strong mental advocate. It is such important work, but we also know that it's a lot of work to do that. So thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Give everyone at Texas our love. We are cheering big time for for you here in Nashville, sending all of our love and cannot wait to watch you uh, this upcoming year and in all of your other endeavors as well, because you have many. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, it's good to talk to you guys. Thank you so much for listening and watching Unfiltered Waters. We are so grateful for your support. If you could please hit that subscribe button on any of the channels that you're watching and maybe even give us a rating or review, we would appreciate it so much. Thank you again, and we'll talk to you soon.